Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Wednesday, August 17th. Coming up, hundreds of Afghan refugees have settled in the Kansas City area in the past year, following the Taliban taking control of Afghanistan. We'll take a look at how they've adjusted to their new lives. But first, some headlines. Some Kansas counties are preparing to recount ballots on a vote regarding abortion rights. Blaze Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports anti-abortion activists raised $120,000 to pay for the recount, which won't change the outcome because voters rejected the amendment by a large margin. The nine counties, including Johnson, Sedgwick, and Shawnee, have been calling election staff, retraining workers, and planning the logistics of a recount. After the announcement, Douglas County Election Commissioner Jamie Hsu said he has a board of Republicans, Democrats, and other parties who will handle the counting. What we're kind of waiting on is instructions from the Secretary of State's office and and when to get started. Um, Like, I have the boards ready to go. The plan is ready to go. Advocates for the recount pointed to unsubstantiated claims of fraud and raised enough money to pay for a recount in nine counties. State law says the counting must be finished by Saturday. The Jackson County prosecutor says she's heard of cases where Kansas City police officers refused to act on 911 calls, claiming their hands were tied by the conviction of a former detective. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports. Gene Peters-Baker was reacting to a lawsuit filed by a Midtown resident who alleged KCPD officers refused to investigate a break-in in progress. According to the lawsuit, KCPD said that since former Detective Eric DeValconeer's involuntary manslaughter conviction last year after he entered onto private property and shot Connor Lamb, officers will no longer search private property without a warrant. Baker told KCUR that's a misunderstanding of the law and contrary to KCPD training. She said even if the officers believe they couldn't enter the Midtown property, they should have stayed, set up a perimeter, and waited for the intruder to exit. She also said her office had heard of other instances of police inaction. The number of reported COVID-19 cases in the Kansas City area continues to fall this week after rising in July. KCUR's Savannah Holly has more. There were an average of almost 300 new cases per day during the week of August 1st, beginning a downward trend from July. The Mid-America Regional Council averages data on a 10-day delay to account for reporting lags. Case numbers are also underreported because some counties no longer track daily data and at-home tests are not counted. Hospitalizations are also down since last week, with nearly 80 on average per day. Missouri teachers say higher pay, more wellness days, and student loan reimbursement could keep people in the profession and bring in more. That's according to a survey from a state commission studying teacher recruitment and retention. Increased base pay was considered an essential or high priority for more than 80 percent of teachers. State Board of Education President Charlie Shields says lawmakers need to understand why these solutions are necessary. We are at the point of a crisis and if we miss this opportunity it's not just about losing x thousand of teachers in the next five years it's about losing a generation of students the commission's final recommendations will be presented to the state board in october It's been a year since U.S. forces withdrew from Afghanistan and the Taliban took control of Kabul. Since then, nearly 2,000 Afghan refugees have come to Missouri, with many settling in the Kansas City area. They've had to learn a new language, find jobs, and start school while adjusting to life in a new country. 
KCUR's Carlos Moreno has been reporting on their experiences, and he sat down with me to tell me what he learned. So how many refugees from Afghanistan have resettled in Missouri and Kansas City specifically? In the initial push when the first wave of Afghans arrived to the United States, Missouri received a little over 1,800 of those refugees, those parolees, as they call them. 706 of those have come to Kansas City, and there's still a few families expected yet to trickle in. Why do they call them parolees? Uh, Parolees is the name they've given to different classes of refugees who come. The parolees are ones who have come not with the special immigrant visa designation. The special immigrant visa designation usually applies to those who have worked with the military or who were employed by the U.S. government. The parolees can be those, but I think the parolees can also be any other uh, Afghan who is elected to come here. So why were they resettled here in Kansas City? You know, according to Paul Costigan with the International Institute of St. Louis, he said that Kansas City has a really good job market and the the rental prices here surprisingly are still lower compared to the rest of the country. So it makes this a very affordable place and an easier place for them to find affordable housing and get settled and get to work right away. You know, I noticed, especially from the from the Afghans, there seems to be a lot of entrepreneurial Whatever, verve or something like that, um, that from them. So I, I see that down the road in the next year or two being a really important aspect of, of them being in our state. Costigan uh, noted, noted two specific agencies here in Kansas City, the Della Lamb and the Jewish Vocational Services, who are, who are the main agencies in the city responsible for settling these Afghan refugees. And they brought in those 706 people. And like I said, they, they all express that how they had to ramp up their ability to handle this sudden influx of hundreds of new residents to the city. And he specifically noted that those two agencies, plus the local organizations, had to ramp up so fast. And now things have settled down to where they can focus on providing these new things that they need to do to move on with their lives, like get a driver's license, like get stronger with digital literacy, and how to find newer and better jobs, and even start small business, he said. he's That was another thing he mentioned about Missouri, is that, and especially Kansas City, is that the opportunity for starting small businesses here is, is quite strong for these new settlers. So what were some of the other challenges facing these people when they arrived? Well, certainly... Learning the culture, learning the nuances of a new community is the first thing, is one of the first things they struck, but still uh, learning English. Uh, some came here with good speaking skills, and Sabun Fakiri, who works at Jewish Vocational Services, arrived here in November of 2021 without his family. He had to leave his mother and his father and his sisters and a brother behind and a new wife. Now my hopes are tied to here, to Kansas City, and I feel that I can achieve my dreams here. So Sabawoon works at Jewish Vocational Services now as a caseworker, but he's also helping other refugees get settled throughout the country. And so he's very proud to be here and be doing that work, but he's also very determined to stay here in Kansas City. And that's what I found in talking to other refugees is that they like it here and they're very intent on staying here. So what is life like a year later for these people? 
right now they are finding jobs. They're settling into a new routine. They are learning the language. Another couple of men I talked to at uh, Pak Halal, this international grocery, there are three butchers back there, all from Afghanistan who came here last year. And one or two of them, you could see they were picking up the language. One was very strong with his English skills. The two other men showed little examples of what English they've picked up, but they're still primarily speaking their, their native tongue, their native language. But that's the main hurdle. But the other one is still getting driver's licenses, navigating the transportation system here because they struggle just like the rest of us, navigating the bus system, navigating any other mass transportation issues they might have. So those are the biggest struggles, but still learning how to uh, learning the, the nuances of digital literacy in this country is one of the big issues that they face. So what does the future look like for them? They are all dealing with the issue of being temporary residents right now. They arrived here with only two years of eligibility to stay in this country. And it's been a year now, so they've only got one year to figure out how they're going to gain permanent citizenship in the United States. One of the pathways they have now to gaining citizenship is the Afghan Adjustment Act, which was introduced by U.S. Senator Roy Blunt and five other senators just last week. And this gives them a fast track to gaining permanent status in the United States if the legislation passes. And this is a bipartisan bill, so hopefully this will get passage because in another year, all of these people who have settled here have to show some form of permanent status, either citizenship or a visa, or, or they have to be granted asylum here in the United States. And the asylum process is overbooked. It's very lengthy. It's very complicated. So hopefully the uh, Afghan Adjustment Act will give them a quicker pathway to becoming permanent citizens. So how did you go about reporting this story? Were you in touch with these people for the past year? For the past year, I've actually been in touch generally with the resettlement agencies. I've been trying to maintain contact with them because it's been very difficult to have contact with the refugees who have settled here. A lot of them are very shy. They're very nervous. They're still very concerned about their family back home. So they've been reluctant to talk to media initially. They are starting to relax a little bit. And on my last couple of calls to Della Lamb and to Jewish Vocational Services and with another source uh, they've started to identify people who are more uh, willing to talk now. So through Jewish Vocational Services and another source, I was able to reach out and contact two or three different people, uh, refugees who have settled here, who would be willing to talk. And, and, that's, and they're, they are becoming a lot more comfortable talking to the media now, apparently. I mean, they're settled in. They, like I said, they still have some reticence because they all do. Many of them have family back home that they're concerned about. That was KCUR reporter Carlos Moreno. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. You can read Carlos's reporting on Afghan refugees at kcur.org, where you can also find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear how a new car battery plant coming to Kansas could impact the environment. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. This podcast isn't the only way KCUR keeps you informed, entertained, and inspired. Check out our daily news email, The Early Bird, our weekly creative adventure email, and so much more. You can subscribe at kcur.org newsletters.